1: Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow, <laughs> la la la. Ah, yes, that's not Christmas music. It's Cool Button Hockey Podcast, episode 31. Craig, it's January. We're going to get over a foot, maybe a foot and a half. That's about 20, 25, 30 centimeters. You would love the powder for your skiing, Mr. Steve Podborski. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would. You can count on that. That's like, hey, a foot and a half. That's
0: right up to the knee. so I'll take it. So let me ask you this, Mr. Coolius. I know that in the morning that you get up and you have a routine and then you go out for your coffee. So with all that snow falling near the, the cool on ice uh, broadcast booth, so what happened this morning when you decided to go out?
1: Well, I said it's time to go to Tim Hortons. I looked outside. They said it was going to snow. They got this one right, the meteorologists. Uh, I open up the garage. I look outside and I see a winter wonderland like I was uh, the 77 blizzard, for those who remember in Buffalo and Toronto area. And I went, Ain't doing that. Press the button. Honey, I'm going to put a pot of Tim Hortons on myself. I did not go out. I'm snowed in, ladies and gentlemen. I'm snowed in, which is great. <laughs> on this glorious monday oh that's
0: that's unbelievable see see if you had cross-country skis or snowshoes you you, you could have trekked out you know that's what we do in the west Steve. that's what we do in the west we don't let we might not be able to drive but we we, we got other equipment to get to, uh, to get to our morning beverages
1: yeah, no, I know. And I know you, you guys kill gophers out there, which is okay. That's what you do if that's what you do. If I honestly had a snowmobile, you imagine going through to Tim Hortons on your snowmobile. <laughs> getting there. Yes. Uh, extra large, please. Uh, regular with two creamers on the side and a pack of hockey cards. I'm trying to get Wayne Gretzky a Canada cup. But thank you. So uh, I, I, not today. And you know what? December was mild. This is, This is old school weather. And I was thinking about going skiing today. Like you, I really was. I told my buddy Coop and he goes, well, do you have all the stuff? I said, no. And he goes with COVID protocol, they're only allowing people on the Hill who've got their own goggles. And I thought, Oh, darn. Cause I wanted to be like you ski on the same day. I work like Borea Salmon, <laughs> go skiing, <laughs> comes back to the rink. He's got the, you know, the suntan Profi looks at him and goes, did you go skiing today? Nope. One goal, two assists, three points, and the first star. Boy, is Salming.
0: <laughs> the king. What a... The king. How good was he? So, my good friend, Tim Bernhardt, who I worked with for a long time, it's his birthday today. So, Happy I, birthday. ironically, and, and he played he played with the king. And he said, now, all the players he played with, I mean, he played with some darn good players. And he said, the king, he goes, unbelievable what he could do. Like, you know, and, you know, just, just uh, I mean, he had this great spirit of, of life and playing. But, I mean, when he played, Bobby Clark told me, he said, one of the very best defensemen that ever played in the National Hockey League. He said one of the toughest competitors he ever played against. Bobby Clark about the king, Borja Salming.
1: I thought Borja Salming. you know, when you get older and then you can be a historian and look back and, and remember, he skated in the 70s like we skate today. He was the Jetsons. He was the future. His edge work coming around the net and doing certain things. Let's be honest. There was a lot of prodding skaters. Look at, look at on the Nystrom goal. Look at daily skating backwards. It, it's, it's, it's not modern wow. NHL. I'm, I'm, I'm just sorry. Like, but Borea skated and played and did things. Uh, I'm just saying there's the 87 Canada cup was the future. Like it was, Oh my goodness. Part of 72. Cause it was 50 years ago, but Salming's edge work I mean we're talking about first and second team all-star and hall of famer and certain things people just didn't want to accept it because you know they weren't Canadian and he was Swedish and they're taking our jobs and everything else boy what he brought to the game and the literally the pioneer of opening things up Craig I I, you don't know unless you saw it and for those who saw it it's it was it was unbelievable to watch
0: it well it was too and and and, and, you know you talk about hey the game was such that you know like You didn't have to skate as much. The game was played in straight lines. It was very, very defined. You're going to go up and down your wing or you're going to go in the middle or you're going to stay back. That's the way the game was played. It's very different now. And, you know, people scoff when Wayne Gretzky says, well, I couldn't play in today's NHL. And they go, oh yeah, you could. No, Wayne's right. He couldn't play in today's NHL. Doesn't mean that he wasn't one of the greatest players that ever laced them up or wasn't the dominant player. But, but but the game develops and progresses. And all Wayne's pointing out is, is that the players are so good, so fast, so skilled, right? Doesn't mean that Wayne's any less of a player, just very realistic. And guess what? You know, the guys that were great in the 50s, they wouldn't have been so good in the 80s. And the guys that were great in the 80s, they wouldn't be so good today. That's how you advance in hockey. And so you talk about Bob Daly. That's just the way it went. And Pat Quinn, bless his soul. Still complaining that that was offside. Guys told me when he was coaching the Toronto Maple Leafs in the late 90s, early 2000s, that he would get on linesmen about the, that were that were still around for that day about missed calls from like 15 years ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Tonelli tonight, he scores. Bob Nystrom scores the goal. The Islanders win the Stanley Cup, one of the great moments of my youth. The Islanders finally arrived after so much heartbreak. But I have to say this. Wayne, I have to believe in any of the 105 years of the NHL could have played in any era. I have to believe that. I know what you're saying. How do you take a guy from the 50s and put him, you know, we needed to go through the 30s, the 40s. I I get all that. But remember, Wayne was a student of the Summit Series. And I do believe watching that. And Wayne invented the Gretzky delay, you know, over the line. Like we didn't do those things. And we talk about modern hockey and Royal road passing now. Well, Wayne to Curry, Wayne, the curl Wayne, like all that kinds of stuff. And I think Bobby changed it a lot. The game uh, as Wayne did. And we, we got out of our right winger shoot, right up and down the right wing. It was almost table hockey up and down And, and the Russians taught us stuff and we taught them and I like how the game has changed. I just can't live with it right here in my heart that you would say that he couldn't play. Okay, he might not get 215 points, Craig, but I have to believe he could do a lot of things. I know what you're saying. Wayne said when he could do 10 push-ups or sit-ups, he scored 90 goals. When he could do 90 push-ups and sit-ups, he scored 10, which was really nine, and he decided to retire. He would be eating better. He would be you know, not going out with the boys on the bus, he'd be training, but like all those things have helped along the way. I understand what you're saying, um, but every era needed the one in front of it to progress the game. So that's kind of my little... No no, no question about that. I mean, this isn't,
0: I'm talking about what Wayne says. I'm not saying like, you know, that's what Wayne, Wayne says and people scoff at it. But at the end of the day, like Donovan Bailey won the gold medal in the 1996 Olympics. He he, he, couldn't have, he couldn't have run in the 2012 Olympics and beat uh, Usain Bolt. That's what I mean about the progress. Yeah, I guess if you want to advance and say if he had the similar, but, but that's not how it works. Just like, you know, the computer. Like, guess what? The, the 1975 Commodore 64 couldn't run today. <laughs> My mother has a couple of those, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Save them. Collector's item. Oh, I told her. I told her. She has to keep them. Right. So, but I mean, just so you know, anyway, all that being said, we don't need to like Bobby Orr changed the game. Wayne Gretzky changed the game. They change it for the better.
1: <laughs> yeah. All star. Speaking of like, we had a lot of all star talk on the show, Sirius XM, NHL Network Radio, Channel 91. And I I don't get too tied up. When we were doing the television together at the score in TSN and with uh, Dennis Bayak, and we complained about guys skipping the all-star, you know what I said? I'm, and you've done this as a manager. I delegate, Craig. I want to do rules. I want to do, you know, uh, big picture items. I'll defer and send you and Dennis all-star because I go back and honestly, the last few all-stars that I've really liked were Owen Nolan's point on Hasek, which is like 97 a Bork's goal on Felix Botvin in Boston. I think it was a 5-4 game. Uh, Mary Lemieux in St. Louis on Mike Vernon when we had this big black box in the net, which was a camera. If you look at it now, it's like the old, you know, pretty woman's cell phone <laughs> here. So we watched with my daughter the other day. She said, is that a cell phone? <laughs> said, yes. That's a 1990s. I get it. There's progression. So we know it's changed. I'm just not going to fight the fight that Marchand's not there last man i I just i only have the strength for so many things so where are you on the schmooze fest and all-star like is it worth solving or do you just wash your hands of it
0: well i i have i have a lot of admiration for you you know there's only so many fights we have in us
1: right like you know
0: and we're gonna fight every single fight with the ferocity that we believe in you know what, we're not going to have energy to fight the important ones, right? We're not going to have the energy to to really dig in on the important ones. So I'm not suggesting that it's not important. But, you know, when you look at the all-star game, okay, so change it. Like I I saw what Nathan McKinnon said about Calgary not being named. He goes, it's not the uh, participation game, it's the all-star game. So, I mean, it's semantics. The all-star game is an opportunity for significant, significant sponsors and stakeholders in the game. To, to be at the game, to promote what they're doing. And they're promoting it in 32 different cities. So, you know, so the, 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 there's a connection with, you know, trying to celebrate the game, promote the game in all the 32 cities. So it's sensible to have a player from each of the 32 teams there, right? So when when you go down that path, you know, before you even start, there's going to be some worthy candidates not be part of the all-star game. I'm okay with that. I think that the, go there, have some fun. Maybe, you, you know, if you want to get all your, your knickers in a knot, go change go change the name of it if you want. But at the, but the end of it, you know, this is something that's, uh, you know, been in place for a long time. And I have no problem with it, Steve. I have no problem. Yeah. Do I wish Nazem Kadri was there? Yeah. I think it would be great recognition for Naz to be there for the year he's had. Brad Marchand, do I wish he was there? Yeah. I also wish they were at the Olympics. But guess what? They're not going to be. So what are we going to do? We can't do anything about it. We'll tune in. Whoever thought, think back to the, to the all-star game in San Jose. Like think about Kendall, Kendall coin, just think about that display. I mean, did that not like just capture everybody's imagination? Was that not unbelievable? So that's the way I look at it. And you know what? let's just see what unfolds. Let's see if we have an Ola Nolan. I'm calling my shot here. Was not that unbelievable? And it wasn't calling my shot. It was on Hashim, who was the best goalie on the planet at that time. And very well, maybe the best goalie on the planet ever.
1: Yeah, I know. There's people that, that really, really honestly believe that for all the right reasons. No, I get that stuff. And I think as a young up and coming broadcaster, when I worked with Bob Costas And, you know, baseball was still relatively new in, you know, Montreal 69, but in Toronto, uh, the Expos are still around. And he said, and he didn't use the word analytics. He just said, listen, if there isn't a Blue Jay in the up and coming infancy of the franchise, the analytics are that people won't watch the All-Star game in Toronto. And you want to engage everyone and sell the game. So if you need to send Nick Suzuki, even if it's Montreal, you need to send Jack Hughes if it's New Jersey, even though they're not all-star C. You know, you don't play 20 games and go to the... So, and does it really, really matter? So you're trying to still sell and create a buzz. And I get it. But if we don't talk, it's almost like I talk in a circle. I don't like it. I don't like it. I understand it. It doesn't matter. And then let's just <laughs> have fun. <laughs> because if you don't acknowledge it, like, what am I going to do? Boycott even talking about it? And maybe it's because I'm jealous. A little bit that because of the world we live in, I normally would be at All-Star. And you know what it's like when you go to an event, even if it's lawn bowling. Hi, everybody. Lawn bowling here from Milan in Italy. Craig Button and Steve Cooley lawn bowling. Guys, that event's not important. Yes, it is because we're covering it. So we're on ESPN 27. And so when you're doing an event, you always... You think it's higher up than other people do. It's just the way it works. So when you go, you're like, ah, I I don't care. It's a corporate schmooze. I I don't care that, you know, I mean, cadres still vote at press time. These guys can still get voted in, but when you're covering it, it's different. So maybe this is my ba humbug because I'm not there. So I'm saying if I didn't get voted in, if I'm not going, uh, then none of you can enjoy this event, you know, tongue in cheek. Yeah. Well, well, you you just led me
0: somewhere that I just have to bring this up a little bit. We won the Stanley Cup, and or we—I don't know if we won it. I don't know if we were the Presidents Trophy winners in '98 and lost, or if it was when we won the Stanley Cup in '99. It was right during that span, and we got a letter. We got a letter uh, from uh, a hockey team in India, and they wanted to uh, uh, have uh, have, a, have a have an exchange of, uh, of of hockey teams, and like maybe play against one another. Anyway, so we're we're, we're looking at it, and we're trying to understand what it is so we make the requisite calls it was a field hockey team from india (laughs) so they saw our dallas stars as a championship uh, hockey team or near championship team like i said i don't remember exactly the the year but they were a championship field hockey team (laughs) so the long example maybe we should have we should have brought Well, it would have been easier for our guys to play field hockey even though you know in field hockey everybody shoots the same way right no i didn't you didn't know that no. You know everything. I don't like, know all that. You're like Coolopedia. Like I mean, I say, like you know, he knows everything. Like yeah, you can only shoot one way, like uh, in, in field hockey. So they would. Our would all our players would Sergey Zubov have to shoot one way? Would Would, would Joe Newendyke have to shoot the the other way? Anyway, anyway, it was just funny when you said lawn bowling. We, we never did do an exchange with them, but, uh, it was very interesting as we investigated it, what we, uh, what we found out.
1: (laughs) Well, if you guys were playing and they were beating you or embarrassing you, I think things would have got physical and I'm not sure that they would have understood what happened when, uh, some of the guys dropped the sticks and, uh, here they go. I'll tell you right now. Beat them on the pitch and beat them in the alley. So I (laughs) think things that you learned about a phone call and you want to say to them, um, your field, we're ice. You you know what? We'll do a series. We'll play one game on field, one game on ice. So obviously it never did uh, happen. It goes right to your point though, about selling, right? Like somewhere
0: along the line, they become aware of the Dallas stars. So like, you know, what your reach is, you never, sometimes you don't even
1: know what your reach is. So anyway, I just wanted to, make
0: that point as a follow-up,
1: but okay. Ah, yes. Uh, Well, you know, speaking of All-Stars, we won't be going to Vegas, so we're upset about that, but uh, there's always next year, maybe they'll have the All-Star event back in Vegas next year, so you and I can go. Uh, There has to be a representative from each team, even though our next subject doesn't contain a lot of All-Stars or All-Star seasons. Time now for KB on Ice, an inside look at the NHL, brought to you by our friends at Sports Interaction, Sports interaction, Canada's sports book. Okay, Craig, I know you've got some Sazeech in your bank account. Set us up. What do you have got? The masses are listening to you. You're now, what are you? (laughs) You're Craig, the Portuguese, you're Craig, the Portuguese button. Go ahead.
0: Well, come on, Steve. On a Monday, the, the two worst teams in the National Hockey League face off in the desert. And you know what? I think that the fan bases of the Arizona Coyotes and the Montreal Canadiens are, are very different. The, the Arizona Coyotes, their fans are all excited about what's going to come. What do they have? 9,000 picks in this year's draft? But the Montreal Canadiens fans, oh boy, could it get any worse. So what am I saying? I'm going all in on the Arizona Coyotes at home. All in puts Montreal right at the bottom of the league, right there. Keeps them right there at the bottom of the league.
1: Well, I will do the opposite of you, Jerry. I'm doing the opposite. So I think Montreal is using this game as a badge of honor. Uh, Anderson is back. I'm not saying that he's going to be the Messiah (laughs) to save Montreal, but I think just the idea of saying, we don't care about the draft or the lottery or 32nd. We don't want to be 32nd that in the toilet bowl game, Montreal wins. I don't know how they're going to win. I don't know if they're going to kick one in high stick one in, but at the bottom of the barrel, I've got Montreal to win. And on Tuesday, Caroline in Boston, the Canes say to Boston, "Nope, your eight and one run is great, but you haven't beaten us. I'm taking the Canes on the road in Boston.
0: Oh, this is beautiful. Do we have debate here? Do we have some interest in these two games? I got the Bruins. Brad Marchand. He's all over it. Oh, boy. We'll tally it up on Thursday.
1: Oh, I love it when we're opposites. Check out all the odds, props, and totals on SIA.com. That's SIA.com. And sign up today at sportsinteraction.com forward slash cool button pod to place your bet. Sports Interaction is Canada's sports book. So, Mr. Button, I got a quote here. Uh, Bill Foley says Jack Eichel's return is a few weeks away. So, a few weeks to me is two or three. Like, a few weeks isn't nine. Two or th- a few weeks, uh, you know, a few. I got a few candies. You know, it's not 400. It's not seven. It's like two or three. But George McPhee comes back and says, no timetable for his return. Sounds like a disconnect. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. And when Jack does come back, I'm assuming in March, he will be blank. Fill in that big blank. Okay, so I'm going to take
0: on question number one and what appears to be a disconnect between Bill Foley and George McPhee. When, when I was with the Dallas Stars, you draft players, right? But then you have to make a decision on signing them. And, you know, you can't sign every player you draft. So we always felt that it was in the best interest to let the player know if we were not going to sign them. And not at the last minute. We wanted to let them know so that other teams, if they, if they had a consideration for them, that they could phone us if they wanted to make a trade for the player. Or if he did come to that point in time where he went back into the draft, they, they, they had time to evaluate him. Never easy to tell a player you're not going to sign him. But anyway, I get to Calgary. So there was a player, and we had made the decision from a hockey operations point of view that we were not going to sign him. So I sent a letter uh, to the agent, to the player, to, you know, as disappointing as this is, blah, 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 and carried on i get a note i get a letter uh from the from i get a call from our president ron bremner he goes what's going on here i go well we've made a decision he goes "Wow!" he goes i just got this from the father he had sent a letter to the kid telling him how excited he was for him to become part of the calgary flames or- organization <laughs> so, so yeah yeah oh yeah that was uh talk about disconnect right like disconnect right but I'll take the blame for that because one of the things you have to do is you have to let everybody know what you're doing, right? Like, you know, I had a, I had a college professor say to, say to us once, he goes, if you don't communicate and you don't tell people what you're doing, it's like winking at somebody in the dark. You know what you're doing, but they don't know what you're doing. That's what it sounds like in Vegas. And you know what, like, it's just that I I know Bill Foley's excited about seeing Jack Eichel on the ice, but you know, these are the types of things that have to be clear in communication. I'm excited about seeing Jack Eichel on the ice. I, Jack Eichel's a superstar, and I have no hesitancy in saying that. Now, that's before the surgery. Now, him coming back, feeling healthy, getting back to form, I think that if he does, he's going to be a superstar for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And they've never had a player up the middle of the ice like that. They've never had a player impact the game In the manner that Jack Eichel can impact it. So I get Bill Foley's excitement. I also understand George McPhee's. Hey, listen, let's just, let's not, uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. But Jack Eichel could be a massive difference maker. You know where I've been at on Vegas. You know, I haven't been a big believer. Okay. I know they're a really good team. I get all that, right? Jack Eichel very well could make me a believer in the Vegas Golden Knights as serious Stanley Cup contenders.
1: Yeah. There's a, there's a contrast the eight teams in the east we we know the eight playoff teams there's gonna have to be a major major collapse for someone else to upseed whoever you think are going to be wild cards one and two i don't like where the flyers are going we talked about bobby clark last week uh, and ron hextall and you know the bruins surge and moving posture knocked down we also talked about that they're going into this week and it's the changes worked and rask is back and everything else but in the west two clear storylines is vegas and colorado are number one is these are great teams they could meet in the third round how sexy would that be you don't believe in vegas others do uh and I'm, i'm i'm on the fence because i don't know what i think about robin leonard although we've thought that about I guess, Jordan Bennington and and Braden Holpe and, and, and Corey Crawford until they won. And then we went, Oh, and Antti Niemi won a cup too. Oh, and he, and he he beat Michael Layton in the final that year. Oh, so yeah, it's not Dryden and and Perron, but it's the league we, we live in. So it's exciting, but clearly as, as the East is almost decided and the West is wild, like the ducks are falling. All California teams are in at press time. The Oilers, Saturday. Oh my good! Like this is a, this is an 18 wheeler coming off the bus. The flames better start. Like this is fun. Like the West is fun. But even at the top of the mountain, Denver, right? The mountains, Kemper and Leonard. I'm sorry. This is not Shisterkin and Vasilevsky. I'm using two Eastern examples. So there is intrigue my friend. Cause though like the, the playoffs in the West they're on. Like, we are in it now. Flames next game, that's a playoff game. Warriors next game, that's a playoff game. I love it. I'm sad that the East isn't like it, but I can't control it. But the West, giddy up. This is 1837. The wild, wild West. I love it. The Flames, it doesn't get any easier for them playing the Florida Panthers in their next
0: scheduled game. Like The the Florida Panthers are on a heater. I mean, you talk about big-time challenges for the Calgary Flames. Now, let me be clear about the Vegas Golden Knights. I have no problem with Robin Leonard. Robin Leonard is not the reason they didn't win. Robin, they, they, they could never score when it mattered. They couldn't score when it got down to the short. Robin Leonard never let them down. Marc-Andre Fleury, everybody wants to talk about that play against Montreal, Marc-Andre Fleury. The Vegas Golden Knights, and let me say this, I, I, I think they have a really good team. I just haven't been a believer in them as a serious Stanley Cup contender. Cause I don't like the way I think they play soft too much of the time with respect to their skill. And when you get into against really hard teams, you have to be able to drive inside. You have to be able to get in and around the net that has nothing to do with Robin Leonard. I have no issues with Robin Leonard. Hey Darcy Kemper. I think he was an upgrade on Philip Grubauer. So that's how I feel. And so I, you know, Darcy Kemper, you, I get it. You have to, you have to continue to prove it just like anybody. If you have not won. Until you've won, everybody's going to doubt you, right? But let me tell you this. I believe in Robin Leonard. I think Jack Knight will bring something to the Vegas Golden Knights they haven't had. I think they are uh, a team now that if they do understand about playing inside hockey, inside hockey, Steve. That means inside the dots, in and around the net. They didn't do it very well when it got hard. Teams don't let you in and around the net. So Robin Leonard has no – I have no issues with Robin Leonard. Zero. None. Darcy okay. Kemper, I, I can understand the concern. But the Colorado Avalanche, well, is there a deeper lineup than that in the
1: NHL? Star? Right, and they might need to, you know, the Bowen byram thing is unfortunate. Uh, you know, maybe you should just Crosby it and just sit out till the head's clear. You know, I talked to people in Denver this week, and I said, what's going on there? Please, please tell me it's not head-related, and they kind of said that it is, and he's dealing with his own issues. Uh, they got Johnson and Johnson, one johnson I can go to battle with i'm not sure but the other so i think they still need a defenseman and i know where you are like on kemper i believe he's an upgrade as well however he hasn't done on a very good team and a good defensive team what i've wanted and it's not that i i don't like robin leonard i i have it as a a, a not a hard question mark but a soft question mark i agree with you on the inside stuff with vegas and the power play which ICA will help What did they go five for 50 last year? So Eichel's (laughs) going to make sure that that doesn't happen again, but they're going to lose something unless Eichel returns on May 1st, where his cap hit does not count. He's got to come back to play and then someone has to leave (laughs) and maybe two people. So this, like, this is a soap opera. Like this is, I can't turn this off. These are the days of our Vegas lives. Like it's intriguing. And the Colorado stuff with Kale McCarr doing his thing and everything else. Remember, They've had moments. They had to go to their third goalie in Michael Hutchinson. They like they've they've been like the Islanders. Oh, here come the Islanders in '78, lost. Here come the Islanders in '79, lost. Oh, they've got question marks. Here's the Islanders, a 500 team in 1980, and they need to wake. Think and then they did, and they finally won. So these teams will need to add. I think everyone. I, I like Ben Sherrod as a possibility. Giordano's going somewhere. Kessel's going somewhere. I don't know if I believe in PK. I don't know if I would go in that route. We can start. I mean, what's going to happen in San Jose with a certain UF? So March 21st, there there will be a change. And for some, they all can't win, Craig. And that's what makes this intriguing because we're talking less about the C word and more about the other C word. And that C word is cup. Like the big boys are going to, they're going to nuclear weapon up. And that's what makes it so exciting.
0: But but again, like who, who can go after players in San Jose? Right. Like, you know, I know there's like, you know, in terms of restricted free, unrestricted free agents potentially. Right. But like, you know, you, you, you got to be able to imagine if, if, I'm, if I'm a team, I'll tell you what, I am zeroing in on the Vegas Golden Knights. And I'm trying to figure out like, you know what, they, they have to clear room. They have to clear room. I'm, I'm in conversations every day with Kelly McCrimmon. What are you looking for? What do you want to, what are you moving out? And I'm zeroing in because it, it, it's not just that they have to make a move there's opportunity to get one or two good players out of it that can really change your fortunes as a team. Like, let's just say, like, like I'm going to use an example, Calgary Flames, Calgary Flames. Okay. Now, I mean, without examining their salary cap deeply or whatnot, they're like, Oh boy, I know they could use Jonathan Marches. <laughs> a right, a, a right shot guy that can hammer the puck on the power play that can give a little bit more Balance to their forward group with respect to scoring. I, I'm just throwing that out, right? Riley Smith, William Carlson, like there's good players there. I'd be right in there. I would take my stouts and go. You're watching every single game of the Vegas Gold Knights until March 20th, <laughs> every game, because you got an opportunity. Because you know what they have to do, which very well may be Steve. Why George McPhee's going? Whoa, camel, Mr. Foley. (laughs) I know you want to see him on the ice. We got some work to do here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but here's how I would look at it. And you sat in that chair. I would look at it and say, okay, I'm a team in the East. I'm one of the eights. Okay. Vegas is not going to want, I think, Marcia, so Smith Carlson end up on a team in their own division or a team in the central that they may or may not have to go through. Let's just say. I'd be calling Arizona, right? I'd be calling Buffalo if I'm a team in the East, and say, "You get on George and McCrimmon, and you let me know what they want to do, who they think's available, and I will give you blank that you make the trade for Riley Smith, and when you get him and retain some salary." So he goes from $5 million to two and a half. to me, the Bruins, the Rangers, Florida, Tampa. And now Riley Smith is on my team for half the price. And my gift to you is Taylor Radish. I'm just, you know, whatever we think is fair. And I, but if I phone and I'm Calgary and I phone and George says, you, you think I want to play you and Marcia so is pissed off and he's on your team. I'm just trying to say that, what we don't know yet is going to be very interesting because if the math makes sense, someone's going. And I don't think they're lining up for Dodonov because I'm not lining up for Dodonov. So <laughs> that's me. But you mentioned the expansion line and the misfits. It's a different story if it can make it work because none of them are you know, making a ton of cash and they will be angry. And I like Riley Smith a bit. And people say, well, he's only scored a couple of goals in the last 16." He does some other things that I could like on my team, but I would be inquiring because what team adds a star like Eichel and then has to send someone else out the door. So that, that's what I would do. If you like those guys, if you don't like them, Tampa Bay says they're full. They they didn't, in, not interested in Kane. Not, not, okay. Whether I believe that or not, I think that's like saying in poker, ah, I got a terrible hand, but I call. Oh, <laughs> <a pretty> well, <weird. laughs> oh, okay. Negrano. All right. I got you. So this is, Craig, like we, we don't know yet. Like the tsunami, we have no idea how exciting things are going to be when we hit 41 in the second half and it's going to be condensed. We are going to be in a hockey wonderland, like the snow outside my garage door. We're going to have 41 games jammed into a few months. Like it's going to like, I don't think people are know how exciting it's going to be. And it's going to be important what Vegas does. And those guys like Kessel, he's going back to Pittsburgh. Is Flurry staying or could he go to Washington? (gasps) Washington playing the playoffs and Flurry is a capital. Like, who knows how all this stuff plays out? But we, we're just getting a taste of it here. We've just walked into the dinner party and they say, drink an hors d'oeuvre. And you're like, oh, this is going to be a pretty good party. That's the way I look at the second <laughs> half of the year. And you feel the goosebumps.
0: <laughs> well, let me say, like, I, like you're thinking, I think is uh, exactly uh, uh, well thought out with respect to going. So, I and and you're right, like, you know, you you don't want to trade, like, you know, if you help for Calgary, but like Calgary phoned somebody else. So here's my team that I think should be doing exactly what you said, because I think they got massive currency. I think they're a playoff team. I'm in on them, just so you know. Can you name that team? Mm,
1: I think they're a playoff team. Hang on. If you think they're a playoff team, it's somebody that other people might thought weren't a playoff team.
0: Well, I don't know. I, I think they're a playoff team. They're in the playoffs right now.
1: LA Kings. You
0: got it. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. There he goes. <laughs> what do I win? What do I win? <laughs> okay. We're, we're, we, we have prizes for you, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, give you a catalog. You can pick up whatever prizes you want, right? Yeah. But bottom line, they have, they're a playoff team. They have tons of young prospects, right? Like, why wouldn't teams like the Montreal Canadiens, the Buffalo Sabers, there is Arizona. Why wouldn't they be interested in some of these young players? If that's the way you're building, I know that that's. But I, I'm in on the LA Kings. I like that team. I like that team.
1: Maybe now's the time for the Kings to say, "Okay, we've got Turcotte, we've got Kaliev, Jared Anderson, Dolan. Whether you like him or not, Villardi, uh, Whether he's a prospect, we. You know, that we haven't seen Byfield yet. And they phone Arizona and say." We want Jacob Chikrin. And if it's really true what you're doing, right, I, I'm just using that as an example, or whether it's getting Buffalo and say, we will give you one of these three prospects. If you get Marcia, so from Vegas, you know, get it done. And like, if you're one of these other teams, you want it sooner than later when the math works out. So it's intriguing. And, and Vegas has juggled, like since they've come in the league, They've walked into the league and done do, 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 do. Like they haven't juggled. They they're using their foot. They've they got eight arms as they've been since they got the draft picks and they stacked up in year one and they were able to get Riley Smith and William Carlson and, and Shay Theodore. And we went, what, you know, this is unbelievable. (laughs) So I give them all that credit. So they're juggling all these balls. So I do too. Oh, I can't wait. Like it's so good. And the great thing is even in this episode and, and we'll talk about it in 32 is your Olympic thoughts on the kids. Um, you know, what happens with these Eastern teams is, you know, does it matter where they all finish here? Um, the Montreal Canadiens, the worst team in my lifetime, like the worst like they were bad the year they got cocking but not like this. Like, this is the, worst. this isn't when they got Gila Fleur, they were, they were good. This isn't when they, when they got Doug Wickenheiser, they were still good. Like, this is the worst Habs team ever. So all that's in play. But on my final thought, I wanted to say a shout out to Chris Pronger. Like, what a guy, what a career. I, I'm not going to name off all everything else. I just know this, uh, Chris might have had some trouble in today's game doing some of the things that he used to do, but of course he would have adjusted. But my favorite, favorite pronger story is when he had to go in Hartford with an $850,000 check as an 18 year old to the bank and the teller stepped on the button because she thought this guy she thought this, yeah okay 18 with an $850,000 check uh that's like that's gotta be true congratulations Chris on uh uh, the sweater retirement and the career and everything else uh one of the good guys with a dry sense of humor so I just wanted to give him a shout out uh because it shows us how fast time flies when I saw him as a rail in Peterborough in the OHL and then starting with Hartford uh I guess I guess he should have went first overall in retrospective analysis, right? You think? You think? Oh yeah, yeah. No revisionist history, though. No revisionist history. Wait a
0: second. Wait a second. Don't go out on a limb there. I mean, we all know (laughs) what's all unfolded from there, right? Okay, we'll move on from that point on, though. But let me just tell you this. So my wife's aunt worked with Jim Pronger. Chris's dad. So I've known the progress for a long time. Chris was 14, thinking about leaving Dryden. So you know, to watch Chris, you know, not not only you know, just develop into an unbelievable junior player, unbelievable NHL player. Uh, you know, you think about him too. I mean, you talk about controlling the game. He controlled the game. He controlled the game, and he did it on his terms, not on anybody else's terms. You know. Uh, You think about it, so it's a wonderful tribute to to, to Chris to have his number retired by the St. Louis Blues. I will suggest that the Edmonton Oilers should retire his number because that's the last time they went to the Stanley Cup final on his back. The Anaheim Ducks should retire his number because they won the Stanley Cup. And the Philadelphia Flyers should retire his number too because guess what? That's the last time they went to the Stanley Cup. This guy, huge winner, huge presence on the ice congratulations.
1: Yeah. If, if, if in sports, but, and I was there with Chad Walker at the score and when Pronger scored in the penalty shot, I turned to him and said, I think the Edmonton is going to win the Stanley cup. And I really do believe if not for the collision on Dwayne Rollison, right? That infamous collision. uh, I I really do believe it. I think it's one of those crippling blows of, of they couldn't recover, even though it still went seven and everything else. Um, Yeah. What a run. And, to think Niedermeyer and Pronger could each play half the game. So you, oh. you're sitting on the bench and you go, so you're telling me when we're on the ice, probably one of these two guys are on the ice? Yeah, that's probably one of the reasons that Ottawa couldn't beat the Ducks in that series and they won in five. But kudos to him. Craig, this was a lot of fun. This this was a, a lot. I think it's always a lot of fun. But this is, <laughs> as the kids say, more funner. Uh, hockey. <laughs> hockey. The school's important, but hockey's importanter, as they say at many of the Ivy League schools. <laughs> for great Button, Steve Julius and Bruce Bolton. Read books, kids. Read books and shovel the snow. Episode 31 is in the books. Ciao.